Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Have a play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. I was watching the game last night, and when they would show Pete Carroll on the sidelines, I thought of two different coaches for two different reasons. I thought of Bill Belichick, and I thought of Deion Sanders. Pete Carroll's older than Bill Belichick, but he has that youthful enthusiasm. He has a college feel to him in the pros. He was incredible at USC. He's done an unbelievable job with Seattle. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I started to wonder about Deion Sanders with his collegial feel of, uh, you know, that spirit that you have, that you want to be out there. You're one of the guys, you're a cheerleader. And Pete Carroll is that, but he's also a very bright coach. But I wondered about that. Here we are looking at Bill Belichick. Has the game passed him by? Is he on the hot seat? Could they fire him? Would Bill Belichick, the GM, fire Bill Belichick, the head coach? Pete Carroll's still making it uh, work. And he's making it work with Geno Smith. He parted ways with his Hall of Fame quarterback, and they got in a great draft hall, and here they are again. Now, he's got Geno Smith, and I wondered if he would be around for a, a rebuild. And at age 70, now he's 72. And he doesn't show any signs of slowing down, but it was just strange. I was thinking, he's older than Belichick, but he has that college feel that Dion has at Colorado. And so when you say, hey, could Dion make this work in the pros? Yeah. Like having that atmosphere, not every player responds to it, but Pete seems to bring in the players that respond to him. But big win last night, uh, not a good game to watch. But Seahawks roll 24-3. Daniel Jones, the turnovers continue to happen. It wasn't his fault, but it was his fault. You know, when he has plays where, okay, don't make a mistake, then he makes a mistake, it's his fault. But he was under pressure. I think he was pressured 26 times last night. He was sacked 10 times. He was hit 15 times. You're not going to win that game. And for the Giants, um, now you have to start to wonder, if you're Saquon Barkley, are you rushing, no pun intended, to get back to play for this team? Did the Giants make a mistake by going all in on Daniel Jones? Should they have waited a year? Should they have franchised him? But they made the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game last year. Oh, the conundrum of the New York football teams. Do you realize, here's an interesting stat for you. There are two NFL teams who have yet to run an offensive play with the lead this season. The Jets and the Giants. 
of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Imagine being a New York sports fan today. Here we are in October, and you got the, no, not the Yankees, the Mets, no, not the Mets, no postseason uh, baseball action, then you have the Jets and the Giants, no Aaron Rodgers, Taylor Swift has left town, what do you have left? How about them Knicks, man? Let's go. <laughs> Come on out. We have a point. Who's with me? When did the Rangers season start? Uh, Going to be a long fall here. Uh, sliding into the weekend brought to you by our partners, Kings Hawaiian. They want you to get together with friends and family and enjoy the weekend by making every Sunday a slider Sunday. I started to wonder about this, too, when I'm watching. You know, a lot of times when there's a trade and you go, oh, my gosh, the Rams... You know, they got Matthew Stafford. And then we don't look at what the other team got. You know, it's the future draft picks. And then all of a sudden you realize Detroit did well with those future draft picks. And Jared Goff has played well. Russell Wilson traded to Denver. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender. What did Denver give up? Who cares? It doesn't matter. What's Pete Carroll doing? Geno Smith. And then all of a sudden you look at uh, who they got. So they get a starting tight end in Noah Fant. Charles Cross is an offensive tackle, first-round pick. And then you saw Devin Weatherspoon out of Illinois. Witherspoon came over and uh, did damage. And uh, Witherspoon last night had the pick six. He had a couple of sacks. And, you know, it's one of those where you have a standalone game, and all of a sudden you go, oh, wow, they got him. They got a starting offensive tackle. They got a couple other players. And then you get a starting tight end and no offense that's where you build or rebuild, and that's exactly what Seattle's done. But Seattle's 3-1. and one. I don't know how good they are. I do like they have skill position. I like their running back situation. Uh, and Geno has played well. He has. Uh, and Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the GM, have done a wonderful job in reinventing the Seahawks. Uh, you, you know, you start to look at a team like Denver goes 5-12, and 12, worst offense, and then all of a sudden... You know, Seattle makes the playoffs. They get Geno Smith, and they're off to a 3-1 and one start. And then you get impact players. And uh, Witherspoon and also Cross, uh, it's not the Legion of Boom, but it's, it's different. But it is successful, and it's Pete Carroll. And you're not, you know, if you would have kept Russell Wilson, the cost would have been prohibitive, and that would have kept you from rebuilding that team. You know, Geno Gino Smith's contract is friendly, team-friendly. It's uh, kind of middle of the pack there. Uh, but it's, it's something that, you know, you can build on, and uh, they've been able to do that. They've surrounded him with good players. It's a good, solid, all-around team. They're going to be a wild-card team this year. I think you look at the wild-card teams in the NFC, and it's probably going to be Dallas and Seattle. Uh, they're not going to win their divisions, I don't think. But Seattle is there once again. And with the uh, impact players, here's Pete Carroll talking about his rookie cornerback. I've never thought he wouldn't play like this. This is the way we. This is why we t- took him to be active and to show that he could. He gets this game of football, and it comes easy to him. And, and he's an explosive, dynamic player. Yes, he is. Out of Illinois, not exactly a football factory, but he was highly regarded. You know, as far as the scouts, they really liked him. You just didn't watch any Illinois football. Uh, but he was worth watching last night. It, it, it was one of those games where you go, all right, can the Giants do something? Like they were close to doing something to make it interesting. And then they were the Giants. I'm looking at, at um, Daniel Jones here. Here are the numbers. Um, let's see, sacked 10 times. Since he came into the league in 2019, Daniel Jones leads the NFL with 24 fumbles lost. You put together that with 40 interceptions. That's 64 turnovers tied for the fourth most in the NFL over that spam. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what what? stat of the day. Also, stat of the day with uh, Ron Burgundy there, Will Ferrell with the uh, Manning cast last night. Had a nice appearance. Yes, Marvin, you were going to say... Witherspoon, the fact that he went to Illinois and he was the fifth pick, that is ridiculous. That's like Dame Lillard 
Lillard going to Weber State yeah. and being the sixth pick in the draft. You got to be real good. Who watches Big Ten football, <laughs> or at least Illinois, rather? Yeah, I watch Big Ten football. I don't watch Illinois football. Them against Indiana at noon? Uh, speaking of Dame Lillard, he uh, talked about his agent telling him about being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. I got that call from my agent. It was like, man, you you getting traded to Milwaukee. And I had heard so many different things that I was like, you know, am I really getting traded? And he was like, yeah, they traded you. And I could tell in the seriousness in his voice that it was it was real. And then I started to think about the team, you know. So it was like, who did I get traded for? You know, how, like who's going to be there? And then I looked it up and, you know, I saw what kind of team I was coming to be a part of. And then that was when the excitement kicked in. Yeah. And he and Giannis have been flirting with each other for a couple of years now. Uh, he's on record as saying that that's the one guy I did want to play with if he left Portland. And also, you know, he talked about the weather in Milwaukee, that it's usually bad weather when he gets there. You know, it's beautiful this time of the year. So he's going, all right, sun's out. This is good. I'm with the Milwaukee Bucks. And then Drew Holiday goes to the Celtics. And now the Celtics might be the team to beat in the East. Drew Holiday is always going to be one of those guys where you go, man, I'd love to have that guy on my team. Be like, yeah, you probably can. He's been on a few teams. He never got famous enough. Always on the cusp of being famous, almost famous. He's just a good player, and you know that's a, that's a good addition for that team. And uh, so you had media day yesterday around the league. My favorite was uh, the Joker. You would think you won a championship. Every, you know, you're excited. And uh, he was asked, well, here's the question. Was this past summer the most fun you've had since you've been in the NBA? No. I think it's actually opposite. <laughs> Wait, why? Because we played two and a half extra month and recovering everything. So it was, it was good. But I had fun summers that I had more fun. <laughs> He's a character. He, he really sounds like he's a character. Not trying to be a character, but he's a character out of a movie. Hey, I had to play two more months of basketball. Cut into my summer. No, I didn't have a great summer. What do you have, Seton? Poll question-wise. It's funny because if, if there are probably other players who, if they said that same exact thing, would be a massive red flag. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, okay, so get rid of this dude. Yeah, you won a championship and you're miserable. Yeah, great. Yeah. I had to play another two months. Yeah. Because now <laughs> that's what it takes to win a championship. Yeah. Extra games? This yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, how about we go with uh, worst quarterback situation right now, Jets or Giants? Because both are tough. Well, you're stuck with Daniel Jones. And you're going to owe him $90 million. Daniel Jones essentially had those same crappy numbers uh, that you just mentioned, his in, uh, turnovers to yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. He basically had those same numbers when he signed his new contract. Yeah, yeah. Still don't understand why they didn't say, let's see one more year with you. I would just make him a run-first quarterback. Because he looks great when he does that. Yeah, but I would just say, you know what? We're going to design plays for you to run. Because if we just say you're going to be a pocket passer and then you occasionally run, I would have him running a lot. I, I'd have him be like Justin Fields. Just just run. Get a 1,000 yards for us and let's see. Because the way this is going, it's not going to be pretty at the end. Yes. And it's funny, too, because he doesn't get the, uh, like, what are you doing? Just slide. you got to slide once in a while. It's like, now, Daniel, go out there, go head first, try and get as many yards as you possibly can. Don't worry about sliding. Just put yourself out there. Well, at least if you're a Jets fan, you know that help is on the way with Aaron Rodgers. Like, at least you know the light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train. Rodgers will be there maybe late this year, but probably next year, more likely. As for the Giants, you're like, uh, he's our quarterback. Plus, the offensive line is not good at all. And you can't fix that. The, the, the Jets' offensive line, you know, that, that's a work in progress, too. But the Mannings were talking about that last night. You can't just go, hey, let me plug and play a couple of these guys. Or, hey, let's devise a scheme here. It's not going to happen. And I think you got to factor that in as well. Saquon. Uh, coming back from an injury. When's he coming back from an injury? You have the Bills and the Dolphins on the road. And then your ease-up game is supposed to be the Commanders. 
And they're not a given anymore. Like the commanders are competitive. Just ask the Eagles. So if you're, they, they could be one in five. And I didn't know if it was a standalone anomaly and aberration when they got blown out by Dallas, but no, that's probably who the Giants are this year. Now, they barely beat the Cardinals in one of the bigger collapses we've seen in recent history. They barely beat the Cardinals. Shouldn't have, but they did. And now you look at this team and you're trying to pick up the pieces. And their head coach was the coach of the year last year, Brian Dable. Yeah, Marv. What if they just have a Bears type of season where they have the first or second pick in the draft in this this really quarterback-laden draft and they're like, oh, we signed Daniel Jones to this $90 million contract. Yeah. Well, you could keep him one more year. It, let's say you got a, a quarterback. Let's say Drake May was available. I don't know. Throw it out there because Caleb Williams is going to go number one overall. Also, do the Giants get into a tanking mode at, at any point here? Is it too soon to say, oh, you know what? Maybe they – because you have assets that you can trade. Saquon Barkley, Waller, tight end. Like you have a couple of pieces there that if you really want to, you could probably say, all right, let's uh, offload some of this talent and get some draft picks here. Yes. He... Like Waller, you brought in as an anti-tanking move. I know. That was a, hey, let's try to win move. Oh, yeah, it was praised. <laughs> it was like, yeah. That was like a, hey, I think we could have a good season move. <laughs> we get a couple of pieces move. We might win two playoff games, man. But then, you know, Saquon gets hurt. Uh you know, Daniel Jones giveth and taketh away. And plus, you're in that division. So you got Philly and Dallas, and Washington is not. Washington is better than the Giants. Like, you're going to right now finish fourth. They're like record ruiners, Washington. Yeah, that's a good team. It's on, it, it's the, on the cusp of being a good team, but they're competitive. Yes, Mark? It's wild that they're a team you can actually root for now that they have you know new ownership. Yeah. All right, we'll get to phone calls. I got ahead of myself when I was talking about Pete Carroll and Dion and Bill Belichick. I'm curious what Belichick does. He do his press conference today, I believe. Should be Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday. Yeah, we spoke to our friend Tom Curran, and he, Wednesday morning he's supposed to talk. Oh, so Mac Jones will speak today, and then Bill speaks tomorrow. I did see where there was a column maybe written, or somebody had a comment about Belichick. The seat should get warm or is warm or something like that. Yeah, maybe we'll get Tom Curran on uh, tomorrow after Belichick speaks. All right. Uh, we say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. If you haven't downloaded the app, please do so. Or radio affiliates, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. We will uh, take a break. Our good buddy Ross Tucker will join us coming up. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's the popular Ross Tucker, Westwood One, CBS Sports, NFL, college football analyst, and he hosts the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He'll also be on the call Thursday night for the Bears and the Commanders on Westwood One. Ross, good morning. How are you? Morning, Dan. Doing fantastic. How are you, man? Well, we're good. We're just trying to figure out how bad things are. Let's start with the Giants. And is this a bump in the road, or is this a pothole that can't be filled this year? Uh, Probably a pothole that can't be filled this year. I am a little curious to see how they look when they get their two best offensive players back. I mean, they have a Pro Bowl left tackle on Andrew Thomas who does make a significant difference for them up front. And they just, I mean, Dan, I don't feel like they've ever given Daniel Jones good receivers. I mean, I'm watching last night, Isaiah Hodgins and Paris Campbell, they are a team, it's funny because we always have these debates about running backs and how important they are. I got news for you. Saquon Barkley is really important to the Giants. Mm -hmm. Because he's by far their most talented skill position player, their most explosive player. And I think he gives Daniel Jones some easy completions because they don't have a very good receiving core. Okay, but they do have Waller. He was supposed to be a difference maker. This is a team that went to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. Barkley banged up again. But that offensive line, I don't know if one offensive lineman coming back is going to cover up all those blemishes here. Are they are no. they going to be the worst team in their division? 
Yeah, I think they are, um, which is surprising to me. You know, a lot of people thought the Giants would take a big step back from last year. I, I thought they'd be about what they were. I actually thought, you know, year two for Daniel Jones in that system with Brian Dable, I thought he would build upon what he did last year. I was okay with the Giants giving him that contract. I think the thought process was, hey, you know, he played really well in the second half of the year. He played awesome in a road playoff game that we won. Now he'll be second year in the system. We'll get him some better weapons. He'll be even better. And it just not has not happened so far at all. Not even close. Okay, could you see a scenario where the Giants are out of it and then all of a sudden Waller would be available, Saquon Barkley may be available to trade? You know, the, the trade deadline's still pretty early in the NFL. You know, it's Halloween this year. They they keep pushing it back. It's interesting, Dan, because if you got to like mid-November or even more like baseball, like late November, I feel like you'd see more trades like that. Yeah. But that's tough to do in the NFL when you still have two months left. That's a lot of football to be played. I mean, you're talking about these teams still playing nine games. But do you think the NFL doesn't want that, that they don't want teams to be giving up earlier or you're renting player I'm, I'm not sure what the logic would be as to why you have a trade deadline that's not you know halfway deeper through the season i think that they always had the fear dan that it would that teams would the later it goes the teams would it would give the impression that teams are giving up on the season and the nfl is very sensitive to that and maybe rightfully so they really don't like when people talk or believe that a team is tanking for a draft pick. You know, what the NFL believes in is any given Sunday, anybody can win. Look, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys by double digits. That's really what they want to hang their hat on, I think, is the competitiveness of every game. It is interesting, though, because it's like the total polar opposite, I feel like, Dan, of like basketball where basketball, so much of the conversation is the transactions that are made and the moves and the guy. And it feels like the the the, the NFL doesn't want it to be about that other than like the draft and free agency. They don't want the season to be about anything other than the season, not teams and the transactions and roster moves they're making. Talking to Ross Tucker, Westwood One and CBS Sports NFL and college football analyst, former NFL offensive lineman. I started the show. Because there was, I had this moment last night I'm watching the game, and I'm watching Pete Carroll on the sidelines. He's 72. He's the youngest 72-year-old guy that you probably would ever be around. And I wondered, you got Belichick, who might be on the hot seat, and looks like maybe the game is passing him by and what you know he did before, and you can't do it now. But here's Pete Carroll, refreshed. Had a rebuild on that team at 70. Traded away if, you know, Potential future Hall of Fame quarterback. And then I started thinking about Deion Sanders with the spirit that he has with Colorado. Is It's a college-type spirit that Pete Carroll still has that he took from USC to Seattle. And I, I was wondering, Dion could do that. Dion could do what Pete Carroll's doing from the standpoint of that enthusiasm, that energy that's there. And I don't know why I just had that connection between those two, the oldest coach in the NFL, and then Dion's impact in college football. And then Bill Belichick is sort of, you know, dangling in limbo here in New England. You know, Dan, there's several awesome topics off of that, that statement by you. Number one um, is that I really feel like with every passing year, the positivity of Pete Carroll, right? The, the the hey, has everybody's back and the encouragement that reinforcement that plays much better with these young guys than 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 the negative reinforcement in New England. I, I truly believe that 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 makes a big difference in terms of the motivation. I don't think that the negative reinforcement in New England is as powerful or as impactful as it used to be. The other thing is, Dan, I don't know if I really thought of this till you just said it. Right, if they don't throw that pass against New England in 2014. And they hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, and they win that game, okay? And Pete Carroll has multiple national championships and multiple Super Bowls. 
Has anybody else ever done that? And as we keep talking about him and the success he's having again now, where does Pete Carroll then stack up? Because Saban has been unbelievable in college, didn't really do it in the NFL. Now, Belichick's never really been in college, but also Belichick's never really done it with anybody other than Tom Brady. I just think that Pete Carroll, especially if he had won that second Super Bowl, not that you have to, but if he had two Super Bowls with, I don't know, what did he get in college, two or three? That would put him in a really unique category, and he'd have a heck of an argument when you start talking about the best coaches ever. If you had, you know, we looked at football the way basketball looks at basketball. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's the football. If they did the Football Hall of Fame as opposed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, then maybe you'd be looking at Pete Carroll differently that, you know, now his status or his place in history changes because what he did in college and what he did and has done in the NFL. You get two national titles. You won a Super Bowl. You were literally on the doorstep of a, a second one there. But at 72, um, I mean, it's it's remarkable. And, you know, they're not going to win that division, but they're going to be a playoff team, wild card team probably. He brought in Geno Smith. They draft well. They got rid of Russell Wilson. They got an unbelievable haul back from Denver. Um, and, you know, Pete and John Schneider have done a, a, a wonderful job. And I, and I think, Dan, last year – might have been his finest coaching job. I mean, going into the year, when you told me they were going to have two rookies starting at offensive tackle and Geno Smith at quarterback, it was like it was like it was like Top Gun. Like you're going to do what? <laughs> and I I thought they might be the worst team in the league, and they made the playoffs. I mean, that was really really impressive. Obviously, what he did with Russell Wilson and Legion of Boom and that stuff is impressive, but. I don't know that there was a better coaching job that Pete Carroll's done than last year getting that Seattle team into the postseason. I said this yesterday. Would Bill Belichick, the GM, fire Bill Belichick, the coach? Uh, No, but Bill Belichick, the head coach, would fire Bill Belichick, the GM, <laughs> if, it, if it worked that way. Listen, Dan, they're going to have to do something, right? Like I, I don't know what's going to be, but – you know, it's really interesting. They are victims of their own success. I have a bunch of friends that are Patriots fans, and the real issue isn't that, and Seton can talk about this, but the real issue isn't that they're one and three or whatever. The real issue is there's not really any path right now for them to get back to to being a championship caliber team. Like what when you're looking at the Patriots. What are you saying, well, at least we have this or we have that, or if we do this or we do that? There's nothing right now. There's nothing right now that gives you any hope that they can be back to being a Super Bowl contender. And after 20 years of it was Super Bowl or bust, these people aren't okay, Dan, with seven wins, eight wins. Oh, it was a pretty good year. You know, we went nine and eight. We had a winning season. They're very spoiled, and rightfully so. And so they're in a really tough spot here because once your fans start to become apathetic or once your fans feel like they don't have hope, that's a problem. All right, you're going to be on the call of the Bears commanders on Thursday night. There's a bet in place for Meet Friday because the Bears and Broncos just played. Paulie is a Bears fan, Fritzy a Broncos fan, and the loser – doesn't get to take part in Meet Friday until his team wins again. So Paulie lost on Sunday, but he's got an out with this game on Thursday. If the Bears beat the Commanders, then Meet Friday is restored for Paulie. Who do you have winning Thursday night with the Commanders and the Bears with Meet Friday at stake? Oh, man. I, I forgot that Meat Friday was at stake. That had to be brutal for Paulie. Because uh, I know Paulie, lo- I'm pretty sure Paulie invented Meat Friday. So that's got to be killing him. I, I like the commanders. I know, you know, you're supposed to say that the Bears are winless and they're going to win one of these and maybe a short week against the commanders team that just went to overtime against the Eagles. But I don't know, Dan. I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed by the Commanders watching them against the Eagles on Sunday. You know, I've had several quarterbacks tell me over the years, you don't really know about a guy until they have a terrible game, throw three or four picks, their team loses, and how they bounce back from that. Well, if that's the case, then 
the, the commanders might have their quarterback because Sam Howell was terrible against the Bills, four picks, they lose by 30 points. He goes into Philadelphia and yeah. completes over 70% of his passes, including that drive all the way down the field, which probably would have been a game-winning drive if Ron Rivera went for two, but that's a whole other conversation. I think Howell might be the real deal, and I think the Commanders win that game. I mean, the Bears are just a mess right now. The Chase Claypool thing, the defensive coordinator, I mean, they're like the bad news Bears right now. Okay, but they're probably going to end up with two of the top four picks in the draft. They got well, Carol- right now, Carolina's pick. They got their pick. Yeah, right now it would be the top two picks, yeah. which is funny because unlike the Patriots, which is so bizarre, right? The Bears actually have hope in that regard. Well, at least we're going to have the top two picks. But that's also, damn what they said last year. Last year, they're like, hey, Fields looks good. But keep losing so we can get the number one pick. We'll got Fields. We'll trade the number one pick for a King's Ransom. Then the next year's, well, well, we're, we're at the next year now. And they haven't won a game yet. Fields doesn't look like the guy. So it, it, we're, how many years in a row are you going to do this if you're the Bears? Is this like the Sixers and we're trusting the process of getting the number one pick every year and eventually somehow we'll be good? We were just uh, talking about movies. The, the movie Rounders, I like. I just hate John Malkovich's accent when he's KGB. Um, we were going to try to guess what one of your favorite movies is of all time. Okay, we each get Ooh, okay. one guess. All right. Todd? Airplane. Airplane. Okay. Seton? Animal House. All right. Marvin? Shawshank Redemption. Ooh. Paulie? I'm so sure of one of them. I'm taking it off the board. The program. I'm gonna. My pick will be. <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah. I would bet. I would bet a week's pay that it was in Ross's top three that he put together before that. I bet a week's pay on it. Um, my guess will be old school because of Ross's age. Okay, I'm gonna go Gladiator. I forgot about Gladiator. I love Gladiator. First of all, Paulie knows me like a book. <laughs> I mean, Paul, starting defense, rise of the table. Did I, did I watch that? Did I watch that movie the night before two days started? Ever since I was 14 years old? Yes. Yes, I did watch the program every year. Uh, by the way, um, the worst guest by far was Fritzy with Airplane. Come on. I'm 44 years old. Airplane. I mean, come on, Fritzy. That was a hysterical so, um, Old school was an excellent guest. That is up there for sure. <laughs> Um, I can't believe this. I must have said it on the show before, but my number one favorite movie ever is Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Marvin, Marvin must, I must have said that somewhere. There's no way Marvin just pulled that out of nowhere. Marvin, it's everybody's favorite movie. It's not mine. It's a great movie. It's a great guest. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple more before I forget. Okay. Um, Rocky four. I mean, that movie single-handedly ended the Cold War. You're the Have you best. ever heard of it? Rocky IV. Okay. And then very underrated comedy. I laugh multiple times a week just thinking about it. Kingpin with Bill Murray. Oh. Unbelievable. Okay. Kingpin. Wasn't that shot in Pennsylvania? Of course it was. Okay. I thought that Yes, was... eastern Pennsylvania, like yeah. Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. Um, for sure. I... I would say it was tough for me for the comedy between old school and um, wedding crashers. Okay. And then in terms of a sports movie, I really like Hoosiers, believe it or not. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a big Hoosiers guy. No, well, you're an underdog kind of guy. Yes, I am. Yeah. And we have Sylvester Stallone in studio uh, who knows uh, Rocky Four quite well. Uh, tomorrow, man. I can't. I can't do this, man. Tomorrow, there is no tomorrow. Even though it's Rocky Three, there is no tomorrow. <laughs> that could have been a little if bit better. If I could change, you could change. If I could change, and you could change. You went. I mean, we all could Todd, change. Todd, you had the wrong movie. I that was Rocky Three before. Sorry about. Maybe that. they don't like yeah, you too much either. Okay, yeah. I'm convinced that if you had the Rocky Four soundtrack playing. While I got in the ring with like the heavyweight champ or the UFC or boxing, that I would win that fight. As long as like the training montage or <laughs> Eye of the Tiger is on in the speakers yeah. of the arena, 
from Rocky Four. I I will I will beat anybody in a fight. Just make sure it's really loud. Good to talk to you. Have fun on Thursday night. Will do. See you guys. That's Ross Tucker. He'll be on the call Thursday night. Bears Commanders on Westwood One. Todd. Yeah. I mean, really? Airplane? <laughs> yeah, I thought airplanes for everyone, all ages. And then I I gave you you know a couple of minutes to prep to for Rocky Four. I think Burning Heart was the song he was referring to. No, but to. when I go oh, to you and then you screw it up, there are times I don't go to you and you you give it to me and I don't even want it. Yeah. Oh, God. I should have done the Paulie Rocky thing when they got to Siberia. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I don't like these people. It's too cold out here. What are we doing out here? Maybe they don't like using none too much, neither, Paulie. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Okay. All right. Let's take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. It's the Book of Joe podcast. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Yeah, well, there are no boundaries, right? Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the final hour on this Tuesday. We've been slicing and dicing the Giants, getting blown out at home against the Seahawks. Two picks for Daniel Jones. And if you're counting, and we are, since coming into the league in 2019, Daniel Jones leads the NFL with 24 fumbles lost and 40 interceptions. So 64 giveaways tied for fourth most in the NFL over that spam. Also, he's 1-12 in in primetime. He's going to win the Kirk Cousins Award, a winning percentage of .077, worst of any quarterback with at least five primetime starts since 2000. Stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes the stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes the stat of the day. Daniel Jones sacked 10 times, most by a quarterback since Marcus Mariota was sacked 11 times back in 2018 with the Ravens. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. I forgot all about this. The Seahawks are 6-0 all-time at MetLife Stadium. 4-0 against the Giants, 1-0 against the Jets, and the other win, Marvin? Fritzy's Broncos, Super Bowl. Super Bowl 48 with the win against the Broncos. 6-0 and record. That's the most wins without a loss at a venue since 1970 by a team. But uh, Seattle likes going there, whether they're playing the Jets or the Giants. I don't know how good they are. Paulie was asking me this. Are they a good team? I think they're a good team. I think they're a competitive team. Uh, you know, they're not ready to be up there with San Francisco or Philadelphia, maybe even Dallas. But Pete Carroll has a system, and it works. Kenneth Walker is, I, I love watching him play. Uh, Tyler Lockett loved him out of college. You know, he's a guy who's productive. He's just not a star. DK Metcalf is a star. I just don't think he's as productive as you should be for being a star. But they still have some playmakers and uh they're 3-1 and one so far this season. All right, we say good morning to those watching on Peacock, our streaming partner. Thank you for downloading the app and our radio affiliates around the country. Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone calls. Coming up this weekend, it's Big Ten Saturday night. It's Michigan and Minnesota on NBC and Peacock. Here comes Saturday night. I totally screwed this up yesterday. At least I think I did. Where I was talking about the college football matchups. You got... Oklahoma and Texas, because I was looking at how many games are between ranked teams. Oklahoma and Texas, that'll be at the Cotton Bowl. That's 12 versus 3. You have LSU and Missouri. Missouri's 21st. LSU is 23rd. You have, you know, Alabama at Texas A&M is sneaky. 
because we know that bad blood there. Alabama's favored by, who wants to guess? Todd, I'll start with you. Alabama favored against A&M at A&M by? Six and a half. Seton. Oh, man. Seven and a half. Marvin? Ten and a half. Paulie? Uh, Five and a half. Two and a half. Two and one half? Two and a hook. Two and a hook. How about Kentucky at Georgia? Georgia's favored by 14 and a half. Uh, Kentucky's 20th. Michigan at Minnesota. Michigan, a big uh, favorite there. How about Notre Dame at Louisville? Now, when I saw this game on the schedule, I thought, okay, Notre Dame, they're going to have trouble. You know, they're going to lose one of these games. And uh, I thought Duke or Louisville would be one of the two games on the road that they would lose. They squeaked out the win against Duke. Now, they're favored by six and a half against Louisville. Uh, Let me see. Any other big games? Here's one I'm interested in, and don't ask me why. Fresno State is 24th. They're at Wyoming, and they're favored by six and a half. I, I, I just, I'm going to try to watch the game. Uh, USC hosting Arizona. They're favored by 21 and a half. Yes, Paulie. The early Fox game is, is I don't know if it's sneaky, but Maryland's 5-0. and A quiet 5-0 and this year at Ohio State. They're still getting 19 and a half points, but Maryland's waxed everybody they played this year. They're, mm. they're not... I say this now. They're not bad. At least hopefully it's a good game. By the way, NFL odds to be the number one overall pick. This is closer than I thought. Okay? So I'll, I'll, I'll give you that caveat to start. This according to DraftKings. The NFL odds to be the number one pick this year. Caleb Williams. Close second. Anybody want to take a guess? Marvin. Shadour Sanders? Paulie? Marvin Harrison. Todd? Bo Nix. Seton? Uh, the text got yours? Drake May. I thought that was... I. Okay, here are the odds. Caleb Williams, minus 500. Drake May is plus 550. That's as close as it, it gets with the second guy. Then it's Marvin Harrison Jr., the third, at plus 1,500. So it's Caleb Williams... And then second is Drake May, another quarterback there. But I was uh, I was a little surprised at that. So foregone conclusion that Caleb Williams will be your top pick coming up in the draft. All right, time to play good idea, bad idea. Paulie, the stage is yours. Here we go, Dan. Okay. You know how all the leagues are trying to dissuade tanking, just you know, not let teams tank or keep them away from that. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do about it. How about this at the NFL? If an NFL team cannot have the number one pick two drafts in a row as a rule. Mm. So, for example, the Bears were the worst team in the league had the number one pick of the draft last year. If they have the number one pick, the worst record in the league this year, they have the number two pick in the draft, and so on and so on. So you can't completely tank and and assure yourself the number one pick. But do you think the Bears are tanking? No, but I, I think it'd be a good rule because then there's no incentive to completely give up. At best, they could get the number two pick. Like a, a Philadelphia 76ers type situation where two years in a row, because right now the Bears, the best thing to happen to them would be to lose the rest of their games. Yeah, but they're bad, but are they intentionally bad? Whereas it felt like the process was, let's be bad. You know, Mark Cuban saying that, you know, the Mavs were tanking one year to get a better draft pick. So I, I, I understand it. I understand it. But I, I, I don't know if it's fair to a team that can't get out of its own way. Right, but I guess it's like, um, why are you going to re- reward you for stinking? I know they want parity in the NFL, but I, I think it'd be kind of a cool rule. Yeah. I can bring it up with the commissioner. Thank you. Oh, that's right. He doesn't come on the show. Mm. Tell him that's the only thing when I ask him. <laughs> one question. Yeah. He just I, doesn't come on so that they could steal the ideas and be like, oh, no, I didn't. No, I, I would gladly give him all my great ideas, just like I gave Commissioner Silver with the NBA. I said, here, take them. Take credit for them. I don't care. Here, yeah. take it. Yeah. No, I don't think the commissioner's going to join us. In the next four years? Oh, four and a half? Mm. Well, it's been how many? <laughs> it's been eight and a half, ten. How long has it been since the com- I- was it 10? Was Since it he's appeared 20? on the show or appeared on the show with you? With me. The yeah. fact that when I had a guest host. That is soft. 
He he went on with both of the guest hosts, didn't he? I think he? he went on with Ross once. And, and Trey Wingo. Uh, Trey Wingo at the old place and maybe Florio here. He definitely came out with Florio. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Florio here and Trey at the other place. He might have been on three times without me being here. That it's got to be at least a decade. Since I, I think it's 2011, okay. fall of 11, that the last time he was on the show. And don't him. do this. Fall of 11. Do not do this. That's an emo band name, by the way. <laughs> fall of 11. Fall of 11. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I don't want him on the last day that I'm doing the show. I think if you said you'd retire even a year earlier, he may join the show. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. I don't want him on. Reverse, like, reverse like psychology? Were, yeah, no, no, trust me. I don't want him on. So if they call and said he's good I to don't go, want him on. <laughs> would it be so good if we canceled? I don't want, no. Look. No, nah, we're good. I've been respectful. I, we, we always ask for, uh, you know, another side. If I have information from, uh, you know, Players Association, I, I have treated the NFL and the commissioner fairly. I have. But whatever his reasoning is, and, and I, you know, I'm sure that they'll say, no, he has no problem with Dan. Remember, you had to be a partner of the NFL. Why well, did Football Night in America? Oh, you got to be a partner with the NFL. I worked at a company. I worked at DirecTV, <laughs> a direct partner. And he still didn't want to come on. But I, 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 there's no need to have him on. I like Adam Silver. It's a conversation. He uh, listens to what I have to say. And I think he's genuinely uh, a good guest interested in you know, exchanging ideas. Rob Manfred, the same way. Yes, Todd. I just got a note back saying, sorry, we need more than four years' notice to get this done. So that's got to be. Come All on. right, I'm going to give you a couple bloops on that. More than a quarter year's notice? Couple, can't figure out 10 yeah, minutes. I, I, you know what? And the, the show doesn't lose anything by not having him on. Like, I used to think, God, having the commissioner on, that's great. They don't say anything. Now, Commissioner Silver will, you know, he'll say, look, I'll, I'll address uh, carrying the ball. I'll address some of these things. I'll address... You know, basketball's positionless. We shouldn't have, you know, NBA, for NBA first team with two guards and two forwards in the center. I mean, he listened to those things. I appreciate that. But, you know, this commissioner doesn't have time or has, you know, a hang-up with me. I have no idea why. But I don't care anymore why I just spent five minutes caring. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yes, Molly. I think it was about five years ago. Fritzy got one of those emails back from the NFL PR people, who I like and deal with nicely. And they said, uh, unfortunately, he won't be available in the near future. <laughs> and I started losing my mind, and I dictated a note for Fritzy to send back. I'm like, tell them 24 hours a day, Dan will be sitting in the chair. I will wake up in the morning. Right. I'll wake up at 3 in the morning to come down here. Night or day, it. short notice, <laughs> cell phone, Zoom, in person, we'll yep. go to you. We, yeah, we Actually, I volunteered to take us to the offices, their offices, and tape the interview there. So he doesn't have to leave the building or use cell phone time yeah, if he was low on it. It's okay. It's all right. Fritzy goes, you sure you want me to send this? Yeah, I love Paul. You get like, what do you mean he's out of the country? So like, there's no technology. Well, yeah, when no somebody phones. says he's not available, well, when's he going to be available? Because we'll be available. Like we always, I, we've always been fair. All right. Um, you know, maybe there are times I've colored outside the lines and said something, but I try to be fair and give the other side a chance. And I'm, I'm talking about the product all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. So, uh, I was curious about, uh, Devin Witherspoon, when he was at Illinois, he was incredible last night, all over the field. He had a couple of sacks, pick six. His stats in 12 games, uh, 2022, three interceptions. He had one sack. Uh, he didn't have any touchdowns. Uh, last night, had one interception, and interception returned for a touchdown. Two sacks, two tackles for losses, one defensive touchdown. So he pretty much surpassed his entire uh, final year at Illinois, last night against the Giants. A uh, couple of phone calls here. Uh, let's see. Joe in L.A. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind? Good morning, DP. Hi, Joe. Uh, 158150. Thank you. Um, just tagging on to your earlier discussion about bad accents. It's got to go to Martin Sheen and the Departed. Uh, it was awful. Uh, only second to... Leo's Boston accent in that movie. Um, but I'm a big fan of rounders, as you guys are. So I have a poll question for you on the Danettes. Okay. Who's hotter, Gretchen Mole or Famke Jensen? Thanks, Dan. Oh, from rounders. Gretchen Mole played uh, Matt Damon's girlfriend. girlfriend. And, and Famke Jensen, was the, she ran the illegal poker place. Yeah, she was pretty. That's a, 
Tough question. Pretty hot. I'm, I'm going to go. Plus, she had danger attached to her, so I, I'd probably lean towards. Always lean toward danger. Yes, I do. Yeah. Show me where the danger is. I am the danger. All right. Yeah, bloop. Yeah, thank bloop. you. Yeah, it's a great line. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Michael in Fort Wayne. Hey, Mike. Morning, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Don't have a question for you today. I just thought it was really cool timing with all of the Rocky Four talk going on earlier that you managed to get Burt Young in studio today. How'd you pull that off? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Here we go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you want to crush Fritzy? Uh... Just say he looks like Burt Young from Rocky. <laughs> They're so adamant about it. You guys are like identical twins. You do look a lot like him. You, just not you seeing do. it. And, and Burt Young's still alive, by the way. Uh, Colin in Arizona. Hi, Colin. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. First time, long time. 5'9", hard 150. I just want to say I love Seton and Fritzy. They bring a ton to the show. Y'all give me a ton of life. I listen to y'all during my vasectomy. Thanks for carrying me through. <laughs> Stuck it front row. Wow. That's uh, emphatic. Colin, back yeah. row fan. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Suck it front row. What did you guys do? We did. We uh, still have the ability to reproduce. I know that we had that. Yeah. <laughs> it may not be entertaining, but I could have a child. You helped him through his vasectomy. That's a new one. We'll add that to the list of ailments and surgeries. Yes. And everything. We, we should have just um, like a big a mannequin or something and then just have people tell us the operation they had and we attach their name to the mannequin. Well, you said the operation game. We should probably have the, with the guy with the red nose. That would be perfect to go to all the Well, that's you and me. We've had a lot of surgeries. We have. Yes. Uh, by the way, Kirk Cousins is uh, 11 and 19 in primetime. 34th, uh, 34th lowest winning percentage since 2000. Um, let's see. Uh, among the 33 quarterbacks since 2000, less successful than Kirk D. Cousins. Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Mac Jones, Drew Bledsoe, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. So... Uh, all right. Kirk does usually not prevail in prime time, but he's not as bad as Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones is what one in twelve in prime time. I don't know if I'm gonna hang my hat on that one. Yeah. <laughs> not as bad as the yeah. guy in New York. How, yeah. How good is Kirk Cousins? Uh, well, he's not as bad as Danny Dimes in prime time. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The boundlessly capable all-electric EQS SUV from Mercedes-Benz with available transparent hood technology. So advanced, it can see through sheet metal. The vehicle's all-electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQS SUV. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.